Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 91. Tonight's topic is a little different. Um, we're going to talk narcos, if you don't mind spend a little spending a little time with me on this late night. I want to just talk about the Narcos franchise. I had such a wonderful time doing the Narcos marathon of season three. Narcos is literally one of my favorite shows, and I am so upset about it being the last season, even though I know they're going to do the um, the Griselda Blanco story as well, but that's different. It's not with this you know, franchise that we've been seeing with Colombia and Mexico, but I enjoyed it so much. It literally became one of my favorite shows. So I just kind of wanted to conclude it where we just discuss each episode, not each episode, but, you know, kind of go over the franchise in its entire. Um, I didn't write any kind of notes or anything. It'll just be straight freestyle. Just me talking about some of my favorite, um, parts of the show, certain things, certain characters, um, all of that good stuff. Just a bonus episode. Have some fun tonight, if you guys don't mind, to conclude the Narcos. Because I'm telling you guys, um, when we did the You Marathon, that was my first time doing a marathon, watching 10 episodes in one weekend, coming back, recapping it. And it, it can be tiresome, but I enjoyed the ride. I sat on my seat at the edge of each show. However, last weekend, it was just a ball. Like I loved every minute of it. And I'm still on that narcos high, you know? <laughs> so um, a few church announcements. Um, if you didn't hear it earlier, because I did record earlier. If you were if you um listen to my recaps of Queens, the television show that airs every um Tuesday night on ABC. I just did my recap on that. So uh everybody doesn't watch that. So I repeat myself. This weekend I'm gonna do BMF. Of course, because it didn't it aired last week, but it didn't air last week. So they had it on uploaded for maybe an hour or two. Then they took it off. 50 Cent was really upset. And um, I seen that they kind of leaked it. I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to support it that way. I support everything 50 Cent does. So I wanted to do it the right way. So I'm not going to watch it to Saturday night as usual. And I'll come back on Sunday and recap BMF. Um, for my snowfall watchers, we'll pick back up on that in about a week or two. I'm thinking after probably Thanksgiving, if you guys don't mind. Um, I really love snowfall, but I just want to take a break because we have to just do 10 more episode breakdowns before they drop season five. And I want to take my time with season four by they'll drop season five so we can do our little theories of what to expect and everything. So I'll get to snowfall probably after the Thanksgiving holiday because I do plan on taking a little mini vacation. Um, I believe Big Sky aired tonight, so I'll recap that in the morning. Um, we'll do Queens next week, of course. Also, I'm going to do a special episode for the movie Paid in Full. So I'm going to do my first movie review. When I do that episode, I'll explain why I'm doing it. And, you know, that pretty much wraps everything up of the future to come on the pod. Um, we're on episode 91, so that 100th episode drops shortly. And we're going to do a special episode for my 50th one, if you guys want to check that out. It was just something fun and special to do. So I did 
uh it was like my favorite top favorite of my my favorite 50 movies of the 90s the golden era i am obsessed with the 80s and the 90s like oh my god that's my favorite time my favorite television shows my favorite movies so i just did a breakdown of my favorite movies if you guys want to check that out so for the 100th episode we'll do something special i don't know what yet it'll be a surprise but um that's approaching shortly um i love to record on the weekends so on the weekends i try to get out about four or five <laughs> during the week i write a lot because i'm trying to write my first novel so um i'm trying to wrap that up by christmas it's my christmas gift to myself so that's pretty much everything coming up uh we got two more episodes of bmf the empower book two drops so we'll recap that every sunday as well so yeah you know we just plan to keep growing i love this platform i love my podcast i thank my listeners for tuning in um please share and tell a friend tell a friend to check me out you feel me but um, you can always follow me on my social media platforms. If you're new to the platform, I'll tell you right now, I am a weird introvert person. So I don't post a lot on Facebook or Instagram. I'm like the most boringest person ever. But if you ever want to follow me on there, you're more than welcome. Um, I do post up like the episodes that I do or anything like that. Um, Alicia Shanice for Facebook. Alicia Shanice reviews for Instagram. I have... um music playlist i have made them all public you know how it is sometimes when you're searching for stuff to listen to um i got you covered on the music baby i love music and my my music ears is long okay i got country if you're in a country rock i got a playlist for that if you're in the hip-hop because i'm a hip-hop head I got hip-hop 90s, I got hip-hop 2000s, um, I got R&B, I got Motown, blues, gospel, I got it all. All you have to do is download Spotify if you don't have it. It is a free streaming service. If you go type in Shanice Loves, I know at least one of my playlists will populate. You'll see my picture. If you click on my picture profile, all of my playlists will populate. I even have like a... um a 90s elevator music playlist i have a workout playlist that i work out on the treadmill out on i also have um just a chill vibe when you just you know your chill stuff i got a late night you know playlist when you with your little boo thing and you want to lay up and have some romance time i got you covered there <laughs> so that is exclusively on spotify um that pretty much sums it up if you guys don't you know, mind spending like an hour with me. And let's just go ahead and talk narcos. So let's get into the show. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. All right, guys, so what made me want to do this is when we were discussing Narcos last weekend, I was just like, ah, kind of like bittersweet, like this is the end. And I got to thinking about, you know, just different things and um, going back, thinking about different episodes. And I was like, you know what? 
when you compare it, which did you like the best? Did you like um, Narcos Colombia or Narcos Mexico? I will tell you my favorite one out of the franchise towards the end. <laughs> Not to be dramatic, but towards the end. Let's talk about Narcos Colombia first. Um, the difference with Narcos Colombia, in my opinion, is it only focused on it only focused on um it it, it just focused mainly focused on Pablo. Of course, we got Colombia, the government, we got the Medellin cartel, we got the Cali, but it was the uprise and the downfall of um Pablo, and it was the third season was <clears throat> Cali Cartel. <laughs> uh, if you're one of my day one listeners, I have recapped each episode just about of Narcos. When I did Columbia, that was when I first started the podcast. And if you go listen to my first episode, um, it's uploaded recently because I had to take something out of it and put it back up there. It was a song I had on there. It was just the introduction of like myself, what the platform would be about. And I had a Tupac song on there, but I noticed the Tupac song was making it to where it was only on exclusively Spotify and everybody doesn't listen on Spotify. So I wanted to make sure it was on all streaming services. So I took the song off and I had to re-upload it like a new episode, but it's called Introduction. So if you look through there, you'll see it. It's about two weeks old now. And that was my first episode. You'll see how nervous I sound. You'll see a different sound because I was recording off of my phone. I had been wanting to be in the content world forever, but scared and, you know, not confident enough to do it you know people were like what you know because I was like on content for a long time I wanted to do this since 2013 2015 so when I finally got the courage to do it it was completely the wrong time to start anything it was um me moving out of state me it just a lot going on so I did recap the whole season one but then I moved. So I was off for like a month or two. And that's bad to do when you're first starting to build your brand. So um, to catch up, I just broke down season two in one episode. But I did do all of Mexico. I even did the documentary recaps of the last narc, um, Narco Wars, the first um Mex Mexican cartel. I did all of that. So if you guys want to go check that out, that's on the platform as well. So um, just to tell you, I really love this show. But um, season one, you know, we got the first episode. It was more the introduction of how Steve Murphy came into the picture for the DEA and introducing us to one of Pablo's first Sicarios, which was Lakika, who in the show um, killed uh, Murphy's partner in Miami, but that was totally fiction. Um, I mean, total, you know, totally fiction. That did not happen in reality. Uh, it was a real Lakika, but that didn't happen. But in you know the first episode, we basically got on how Pablo came into the the cocaine world. <laughs> you know how he started hustling and moving that. When he met a cockroach through his cousin Gustavo, and he came from Chile. Um, when they did the raid, they extradite, um, they executed all of them, and they thought that a uh, cockroach was dead, but he played dead. And then he went to Colombia, and we got 
Pablo Escobar being the infamous Pablo Escobar that we all know to today. So it basically just introduced us to them and showing us gotcha, introducing us to the other players, the Ochea brothers and all of them. You know what I'm saying? So episode one, it was just that, you know, and then episode two, we more got the communists of the M19. We seen how ruthless Pablo could be when he, when they, you know, came up with the death of the kidnappers, when the M19 thought that they could just go kidnap these narcos. And, uh, Pablo was like, no, we not having it. They didn't want to mess with him because he was more considered the Robin Hood. He gave back to the poor. They knew not the fuck with gotcha. And, you know, uh, Carlos later, he didn't really have um, a family that they showed on the show for them to go after. So they chose to go after the Ochoa brothers, because, the Ochoa family, because um, they considered them soft. And I'm talking about in the show, not reality. So we seen how ruthless he could be. We seen how ruthless the M19 could be. We seen the different politics of how the police play when Murphy went to meet Pena and get joined. So we, we seen everything different over there um, for episode two. And we seen when... Pablo was just on top of the world, like running for politics and um, meeting uh, Valeria and, you know, meeting the young Tatas, meeting the, uh, the a lion, you know, how he was in Miami and he was traveling back and forth, moving everything. So in season one, we got the, the come up and we seen on just how powerful he was in Colombia. And it showed on how, you know, when it go on, when it went on into the middle of the season, it showed on how on top he was and then how the government was ready to play dirty with the pressure they was getting on, getting on. And how when that one mug shot came and just changed the game, you know, that was the only proof they had and they embarrassed the hell out of them. And that really did happen. He really was embarrassed. Uh, you know, why he was running for Congress. And um, I have been watching a new series. Uh, what is it called? The Cocaine Cowboys, the um, Kings of Miami. And I wasn't going to watch it, but what made me watch it is when I seen that um, uh, George Valdez was on there. And I listened to George Valdez YouTube a lot. And he was actually a part. He wasn't a part, but he worked hand in hand close up with uh, Pablo Escobar. So when I seen that he was on it, that's what made me watch it. So I think I do want to recap the, uh, the cocaine cowboy soon, uh, probably, probably uh, in about a week or two. I'm on the third episode right now. <clears throat> but anyway, what made me bring him up is I watch a lot of his interviews and by he knew Pablo and worked with Pablo. Um, he said that, you know, he really was like the Robin Hood. He built all these communities up, these homes for these people um, in Colombia, he built hospitals, schools, and, you know, he really did give back to the poor and that he believed, um, you know, even though Pablo did what he did do, you know, nobody's knocking that innocent people didn't get hurt. Um, but if he would have probably got into politics, he probably would have done a lot of good. And it showed on the come up of, when he was, you know, handing over Gustavo all of his dis distribution and ready to dive straight in 
and make a change, how he got embarrassed and, you know, tried to fight back the legal way. But in the grand scheme of things, he took it a little too far. <laughs> so he ended up killing politicians off. Um, We see on how multiple police officers were killed. So like season one, it was just him running the world in Colombia, being so powerful and, you know, um, even strong enough to let the M, the strong M19 to let them know, like, no, y'all not finna come over here and run nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, he actually got a joy out of uh, getting payback. We've seen in episode two and his Sicarios, they made it even more interesting. Like um, when you compare Mexico to Colombia and then um you look at they more emphasized on how his Sicarios was right under him how they put orders in how they looked at him more they worshiped him like a father figure like um a god in a certain way like they worshiped him and poison he was the coldest <laughs> I don't know who was worse him or Lakika because we've seen a lot of Lakika in season two um that he could get busy of course, um, his story, Lakika was based off a real Sicario. His story didn't end that way in the show. Murphy and Pena weren't hands on because for number one, they didn't, you know, they were U.S. agents. So they didn't have no jurisdiction to go over there, running through communities, arresting people, beating them up like Murphy was acting like he was Superman. And I'm like the total opposite. When it comes to Narcos Columbia, I, <laughs> should I say this? You kind of like root for Pablo. Like, I want Pablo to win, you know what I'm saying? And you just can't stand Murphy and Pena. Of course, not the real Murphy and Pena. I'm not that delusional. Um, it's a TV show. It's dramatized for Hollywood. But as far as the show, they just made Murphy and Pena so unlikable to me. But I have watched multiple interviews of those two men in real life. I have watched them do their conferences. And they seem like pretty, you know, decent men. Um, I watched a lot of their uh content just on everything that went over there in that time and you know like I said it was Hollywood it was dramatized so of course they weren't doing that I didn't like watching um them going around beating beating innocent people up you know accidentally hitting a car at a light and beating a man up or you know a man is drunk in the bathroom and you, you just beat him up for no reason because he's talking shit like Murphy did <laughs> So, like I said, in the show, they made him unlikable. Poison, he was more based off of um, one of Pablo Sicario's, his name was Popeye. He actually died a few years ago. Believe it or not, he had a YouTube channel. If you Google Popeye on YouTube, um, you know, with Pablo, if you don't speak Spanish, it's um, they have the subtitles. But he breaks down a lot, and he had kind of like... He just said it like it was a natural day. Like, oh, yeah, we did that. Oh, yeah, I killed 250 people. <laughs> like, he didn't have, I mean, he just talked about it like it was just a normal thing to do. Um, and it even showed him, like, going to Pablo's graveside. And, you know, like, they go over there. It's like a sightseeing now. So with season one, we've seen so much of the uprise of Pablo, um, Gustavo, their brotherhood. And when it got to the last part 
oh my God, when they killed Gustavo, I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, um, I like, you know, just the, how powerful Gotcha was. And they say how Gotcha was like richer than a lot of narcos. He was, they say rich, they say he was more, um, more, had more money than Pablo. And they said, um, and I got this from the guy, George Valdez, he was saying Pablo wasn't even the richest drug dealer. It was just, he was the most ruthless. So like his war on the government made him even more powerful. So uh, season one, I really enjoyed. Uh, we seen <clears throat> um, the fight was always for extradition. So when they were getting ready to go for the extradition after they embarrassed him, uh, kicked him out of the Congress and he killed the minister of justice. Mm. It just kind of took a real turn. And then when they went to Panama, it's like everything, all, when you watch these shows, everything always goes, goes back to Panama. I want to do a documentary recap on Manuel Noriega because his story always intrigued me. Just on how at one time he was uh, a CIA asset and just to be how his story ended, his story always intrigued me and when they were in Panama that was really interesting and I guess when you compare the shows you you have to be like well you know Narcos Colombia was the blueprint for Mexico <laughs> but yeah all you seen was like the come up the war uh I always laugh at uh please forgive me for my I don't speak Spanish so I could be mispronouncing the name but Fobio the Choa brother the youngest one <laughs> he was always he was always mad if you go back and you watch season one every time Pablo talking and every time the war happening and they're committing murders or doing stuff with the government he is pissed off pouting it's <laughs> just mad so like I enjoy watching the come up watching the join how they all join together to make the meddling cartel of course I know I've watched a lot of documentaries um I'm I just love watching this type of stuff. I talk about this type of stuff on my platform all the time. Um, that's one reason I do the Narcos. And I break it down on how the cocaine and everything got over into Colombia. And that's one reason why I love doing the Snowfalls. Because I talk about what happened when it got over here in the U.S., especially in the Black communities. And then that's why I try to tie it in with documentaries. Just because like, I love talking about this stuff. And it's history. It's a very important part of history and it plays a part into today. So, you know, it just showed on how big the empire was. And then, you know, in the early eighties and season one, it showed like on how 90% was coming from Colombia, um, from the Medellin part of the cartel, not more, you know, more of it was coming from Medellin. Um, <clears throat> Carrillo's character he was ruthless. In episode four, the palace um, in flames, when he had that guy tied upside down, butt naked, pouring steam and coffee. Oh, and then when all the police showed up after he finally gave them the information and they go there and Gustavo is pissed at first. He like, well, you know, if he didn't want to join politics, we would have been all right, you know, and he's pissed burning up all the evidence and they all show up. They, they leave just in time. Um, 
and when they all show up and they see just on how lavish they were living and they they didn't make that in a year's time span you know in their lifetime to live like that uh and they're always putting their lives at risk and it was a lot of police officers killed um when I was watching one of Murphy's and Pena's uh real life interviews they were saying how disgusted they was because Poison his character was based off of Popeye and Right before Popeye passed, like I said, he had a YouTube channel. He was going around doing interviews and everything. And he would be taking pictures. They would be taking pictures with him like he was a celebrity over there with cops. And they would get disgusted. Like, do you know how many police officers that this man killed in the 80s? So, um, you know, I I love listening to both sides, um, the documentary sides, the ex-trafficker sides. Um, I love listening to Juan Pablo's side. So, you know, just on season one, one, we seen where everything was at, how powerful he was. I think the most scene out of season one that had me on the edge of my seat the first time I seen it, and I screamed, I'm like, no, is <laughs> when they did the um the Avianca plane bombing. Oh my God, that scene was so sad. Because we seen like this young kid and we seen on how like the poor and the people in the communities, like they worship Pablo, like um, his girlfriend, uh, Jamie, Jamie's girlfriend, even in her home, she had like a picture of him like a savior. And, you know, how and how when they sent Lakika and uh, <clears throat> Poison out to recruit the young guys because, you know, they were creating a search block um how happy and blessed he felt to work with Pablo and for that to happen and um I've actually listened to multiple things um of course that they say it didn't happen like that um even Lakika he's in the United States prison to this day he would think he was caught in uh Brooklyn was it Brooklyn or Queens when I looked it up um he was saying that he didn't have anything to do with that they were saying it um it could have been uh gotcha and Pablo. I don't know, of course, um, about that. But that was just the the most scene that kind of was like, oh my God, did they just do that? It like had me at the edge of my seat. And then another scene is when they killed Gustavo. Because Gustavo was such a likable character. Of course, they did terrible things. And then when it showed him like kidnapping all of the journalists, like it was just all about Pablo's reign. You know what I'm saying? And it was like just crazy because it showed at first he really, you know, even though he was sending all the drugs over here, he really wanted to do good for his country. But after the embarrassment and then after the the extradition and how he always said he'd rather um, have a grave in Colombia than, you know, be in a cell in the U.S. That was the whole fight. The whole entire fight is extradition. And uh, you just seen and see how stressed the politicians was and um, how like I uh, growing up you know you always heard about Pablo over here and how powerful he was but and then you always heard you know when you think about U.S. you think about the mob how they'll they might get rid of a few witnesses or you know a few of the jurors but 
this man literally blew up a whole courthouse. Like, I, I was just like at the edge of my seat because I didn't know that he was doing all of that. So season one was definitely just on a scale to one to ten. I'm going to say a ten and a half. Like, it was just that great to me. Um, when you seen, I, it was just crazy. It was just crazy. And then when you seen the downfall one by one, when you seen Carlos later, how he was took in. And of course, that did not happen like that. If you watch plenty of the documentaries, of course, you'll see how he went in and he's still locked up to this day. I think he was just extradited to Germany. So he is still in prison to this day. When you seen the Ochoa brothers, I'm sure they're free, free by now. And uh, Gustavo, and then when you just seen on how powerful he was to build his own prison, come up with his own rules. And I liked it how they showed the dynamics of how loyal his Sicarios was and how ruthless they were. Like, out of all the, the Sicarios, poison was just heartless i say that's number one <laughs> number two i would have to give it to lakika and then number three i would have to give it to um to probably blackie and then number four lizard i mean his sicarios and they were more like his sons in a way <laughs> like it was just a weird you know um so yeah season one was just strong and i felt so bad when they went and killed jamie's girlfriend because she was so innocent and she worshipped the whole cartel you know thankful that her boyfriend could work for them that scene was really sad um one scene that tripped me out is when you know how they had bounties on all the cops heads and when um poison just pulled up at the one intersection and he was like asked him for his identification and he just killed all of them so i had to say poison was the most vicious out of all of them number two i'll say lakika then i'll say blackie then i'll say lizard um i liked it on a how they showed how um fearless galan was and um you know how he lost his life but they showed how fearless he was and how he wasn't afraid to stand up to anybody i liked it on how they showed that um one thing i liked about narcos on how they showed the real footage of certain things and then they had the real pictures i don't think no other show has a better opening than narcos on how they go from mugshot of each one of the traffickers and show the real backgrounds of it that is just brilliant the song oh my god the song is just brilliant i don't even know the words but i'm telling you that song is brilliant so i have to say season one was so strong to me and another strong scene is when <clears throat> it showed on how when they went into hiding and even though they were all kind of united first they were the extraditables and then they were uh well no at first they were the death of the kidnappers and then they were the extraditables but even on how they were united everybody was off doing their own thing <laughs> you know i liked it on how they showed how they came together and how they all united under you know you know to to stop the kidnapping but on how they all create created everything and created on how to move everything. But on basically how everything how 
they like the Choa brothers, they were more to where it made in the show. Of course, I'm talking about the show. I'm not talking about real life because we know a lot of stuff happened differently. Um, but it showed on how how the Ochoa brothers ran. They probably would have been better off with the Cali. And on how Gotcha ran him and Pablo, <laughs> them two together. My oh my god! Another one of my favorite scenes is when Big Bush was on the news and he was like. <laughs> Uh, the rules have changed. And then Gotcha was like, Pablo, like, is he serious? He's like, I smoking that she's smoking that shit. I guarantee. <laughs> oh my god, that scene had me on the floor. I, I, when Gotcha just looked. He said he's smoking that shit. I guarantee. <laughs> and then um, when he just had the power to maneuver everything and kidnap all of those people and be that powerful to create the La Catrado, you know what I'm saying? Like his own prison. And then when they kidnapped the minister of justice and held him hostage and how they walked out and he was like, the, the, the army was like, no, we have to stop you. He like, not today, not today now. Excuse me, excuse me, gentlemen. And they just moved out the way. <laughs> so season one was amazing. Um, I don't want to have you guys on too long because I could talk about Narcos all day. And I do want to get to Narcos Mexico. Um, season two of Narcos Colombia. It was cool. It was cool. But by I was just like rooting for Pablo. Don't, I'm not a bad person for saying that, am I? <laughs> but yeah, we talking about the show. Um, his to see how powerful he was in season one and watch episode two and watch his downfall of everything, you know, watch the, the loss of his tribe and, you know, losing one by one. It seemed like when they took poison out, you know, and they brought the other guy on, he was just the manipulator. He wasn't really, you know, but you just seen drop by drop and you seen them constantly on the run and, um, Gaviria, it was no more negotiating. It was no more negotiating. And you just seen, you know, drop by drop. And then when they kept this, um, when they got him at the last spot where they did the shootout and when they joined with the Los Pepes in the Cali cartel and Navigante, he switched sides and he gave up gotcha in season one. When you just seen all of that, you know, when you just seen how how alone he was, um, that just made it even more sadder. You know, of course, um, the one scene that was just epic and that stood out of season two, um, I would have to say when Lakika went in there and killed all the prostitutes because we hadn't seen we had seen them kill people before, like uh, season one when him and Poison were arguing about who killed the most people. <laughs> that was that was strange he was like 64 he's like no 65 but like we seen him you know off a few people but when we seen how he went in there and killed all of those prostitutes one by one you're like damn look for real um but that was one and when we seen how Carillo went out when it was a setup because at first that that that's the whole scene was shot so well and it was so intense when you know we thought the girl was really setting them up and then uh lemon looked so scared we thought oh no nah, he, he can't handle this and he about to give up pablo and then when it was all a setup that was very well done and when we got towards the last episode and 
they took them out you know that was that was well done if you go back and you look at my um one episode it's called narco season two breakdown it was a list that pablo's son did and he um he wrote another book he's wrote multiple books but he wrote a book about everything that was true and wasn't true and it was like i think 20 listings i read off that he wrote man they were so deep he broke down everything and uh you guys have to go check that out i can't remember everything he said because it's been a while but if you go look at my narco season two breakdown you'll hear it on there i read down the list towards the end of the episode um and then oh my god another scene in season two that kind of like just was jaw thrilling was jaw thrilling it was um when they killed the attorney and i feel so bad for for poor fernando fernando looked like he was just was stressed out like he was attorney of the century for pablo and he looked like he was stressed out but when they killed him his son oh my god that was so sad like and then when you look at uh season two it was kind of like it was more of a jumping it was a jumping you know like it was like no it wasn't the Cali cartel that took him down. It wasn't just the Los Pepe's by themselves. It wasn't just the police. It wasn't the army. It was like a jump, you know? And the scene with Valeria that was chilling when they found her murdered in a van. And she is still alive to this day. She actually did a movie um, about her and Pablo's relationship. So that was very, you know, dramatized out for Hollywood. You know, of course, a lot of things didn't happen. I like it played out in there. Um, Lakika didn't go out snitching like that. I don't know how Blackie, uh, I don't know if he got murdered or if he went to prison, but it was a real Blackie in there. Um, Lakika was actually caught in the U.S. He was caught in the U.S. in New York. I want to say it was Queens. It was either Queens or Brooklyn, but he was caught in New York. Um, and that was like in 1990, I believe. So, um season one and season two was completely different it was the uprise and the downfall i loved it season one season two was really good but it was just like damn you know what i'm saying season three i did not watch i just wasn't a fan of the cali cartel so i never really gave it a try i think i watched like two episodes out of it but i didn't really get off into the Cali cartel and watch their downfall. I know they went down very quick after Pablo because after the DEA had him, they, you know, used them for help and they was like, nope, it's time to take all of you guys out. Um, Another uh, chilling scene for me in season one was when they talked about how Kiki was like the Jesus Christ of the DEA and that's what got me intrigued I told you guys if you're one of my day one listeners you know how I feel when I watch something and I find out it's a true story I am such a you know I love true crime I love knowing what really happened so when I got to digging into that and seeing what happened I'm like oh my god and um I gave Narcos Mexico a chance at once and I was like I don't know if it's gonna be good but when I went and watched the documentary it was so bone chilling one of the best documentaries I've ever seen and that's what made me get off into Narcos Mexico so um that was just my recap for um Narcos Colombia just talking about uh some of the scenes and uh you know all of them did really great acting I have to really take my head off to uh Murphy 
Steve Murphy's character because I hated him as a character, <laughs> not as a real person, guys, just as a character. I couldn't stand him. And when you can't stand somebody that much, that means they're doing a damn good job. Um, the guy who played Pablo, that was acting because he actually went to school. He didn't even know how to speak Spanish. He actually took up classes to speak Spanish just for this part. And he embodied this role like he did the thing. Um, poison. He killed this role you know um like it was just all good actors in here and you know narcos did something that you haven't seen any other show did it i mean I, the way how they put all this together how they put the real footages in there how they made a lot of stuff you know of course you have to dramatize stuff for hollywood but that's why i kind of want to just do, do this episode because i'm still on a narcos high from season three like this is like one of the best shows ever you know, and a lot of people who might just don't want to watch it because they don't feel if they don't know Spanish, they don't feel like reading the subtitles. I sat and watched this over and over to where I know everything they about to say and I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> so like I said, I love narcos. So, yeah, Colombia, it was all about Pablo. Like, of course, we learned about everybody else, but it was all about his upfall. I mean, his uprise on how powerful he was and his downfall. Yeah. And in season three, you know, I can't judge it because I didn't watch it. Now, can we get to Mexico? Baby. Next Mexico, I really got into. I, like, I think it was the Kiki Camarena story. It broke my heart. It broke my heart. But the thing with when you get to Mexico it was really good because you learned about the Guadalajara cartel and when you got to season two it broke it off onto what it is today um with season one we got introduced to all of the the key players of course um we got introduced to Kiki on how he was how ambitious he was um we seen that what type of environment they were dealing with where they didn't really get any backup we seen on how ambitious and smart miguel angel felix was and oh my god guys uh when i was just looking at different things after we watched season three I just found out that they had interviewed him recently in prison. And I am just like a sucker for old people, babies. And when I see how frail this man was, he did an interview. It is on YouTube. If you Google it, uh, Miguel Angel Felix, he did an interview. And if you don't speak Spanish, it is in subtitles. So you can read what he's saying. He still denies everything to this day. This interview was so chilling and just to hear him talk uh, he denies everything to this day he smoked he spoke on the kiki camarano situation but it is on youtube if you google it you'll see what i'm talking about a matter of fact i'll tell you guys where to go now let me go look it up really quick um, i hope you guys are enjoying tonight with me just i'm just kind of freestyle talking not recapping shows just having a a fun show just talking about the show um let me see i saved it 
Okay, it's called exclu if you type in exclusive interview with jail Mexican drug lord Miguel Angel Felix. It's eleven minutes and one second long. And then also it's an interview that uh I have that saved too. That Raf uh Rafa did. Uh if you type in Raphael Carol Quintero 40 minute interview, it has English subtitles. It's a 47 interview, 47 minute interview, and he is talking about everything, denying it to this day, because you know he's still a fugitive. He's like wanted in the US and Mexico. Uh but like these interviews, they're like bone chilling. But anyway, to move along to season two, Mexico, you just seen on the brilliance of Felix on how they um call him a fool for wanting to bring a federation together. And in a way, they always try to like, I don't know how to put this. Like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, who would bring Mexicans together? They said it about my community too, like black people, like like we can't work together. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to bring people together. And it showed on how powerful and the genius and how ahead of the game he was to bring all these people who couldn't get along under one federation and build something that is the cause of what we have today in the world, you know, and it just makes you think like if they wouldn't have made that mistake they made in the eighties with, um, agent Kiki Camarena, because, um, as much as, you know, we love the show, this story was very real. This agent was tortured brutally, um, heartbreaking. Like I'm not, that's that was a heartbreaking story. When you think about somebody, um, who just coming to do his job and like believes in what he's doing for a cause and just the, all the cover-ups. I'm not going to get off all into that. If you watch the documentaries, you'll see what exactly I'm talking about, but with just all the cover-ups and everything, it's very sad, you know, but when you just go from like the, the cartel part of what he built, the genius and what he built, the genius and what Rafa had in building, you know, his uh his plantation of marijuana, you know, the seedless marijuana and how old school Don Nito was like these three men, uh, it was crazy, you know, it was brilliant. And but you seen all the chaos it brought, like all the violence. Um, you seen how they just kind of just took over you know Guadalajara um you've seen on how the DEA came together so it was more of season one was the come up um the murder the the killings of um the neighbor it was a lot of scenes in here um in season one and then when you got to season two, well, let's stay on season one for a minute. You just see like the Falcon, his downfall. You seen Isabel, you seen her hustle. You seen on how each plaza ran. You seen on how um, the DFS was. Um, you just seen it all. And then season two, it was more the downfall of Felix Miguel. And then you seen the hustle in the other traffickers um you've seen the the love that pablo acosto had for 
you know, like he told Amato that, you know, I love people more than money. You know, you just seen the old school and you seen how everything was, you know, if that makes any sense. It, it season season one was definitely really good, but season two was necessary. Like even of course you have to show the downfall, but it showed the split. It showed the split of how everything ended towards the end. And in season in Narcos Mexico, Pacho was a a likable character for me. <laughs> in uh, Narcos Colombia, I did not like Pacho, but in <laughs> Narcos Mexico he was a very likable character I liked it in season two when he told Miguel Felix he said you know Felix I'm gonna do something that other people don't do I'm gonna tell you the truth I'm gonna tell you the truth about yourself <laughs> that was just uh iconic but like with Mexico it, it's more it hits a little home different because it's just things that happened that just were so tragic that you know, it's just like, damn. But even though it did hit the same for Columbia as well. So, like, with this, you kind of kind of got to watch what you say. And when you think about, like, okay, these were a lot of innocent people, lives lost. But on how the show and the producers and the writers put all of this together, this had to have been years of research and everything. It just shows, like, the brilliance of it. Like, they brought a lot of this, you know, back to life. And it made a lot of eye-opening things that people didn't know that were going on. I have to say, this is one of the best shows, and I'm happy that they put it on Netflix so where you could binge watch it. Um, they put a lot in there. I liked it on how they showed the plaza systems, on how it worked, and then on how they did when they separated. Um, some scenes that ste- stepped out to me in uh, season two. Uh, when when they killed the maid the two little boys who became presidents when they were little boys i'm like oh my god that scene was just something else but it was the bigger picture to show how they always stuck together since they were little boys you know like the murders in mexico was just so gruesome even when they just killed falcon out of nowhere like um yeah it was just all over the place um the most chilling scene for me in season two the most chilling scene is when Walt and Felix had the conversation of the future. And it led us it led us into season three where we seen Walt was just on a hunt for a, a motto. He had all this proof, you know, he had all of this where he could have went after, you know, him, him, this plaza. But he set out and his heart was set in Horace for going after um a motto from that chilling conversation like the writers really knew what they were doing like when they sat and he told him play by play of what was going to happen it was like the most chilling scene ever and to come up for a motto like a motto out of this whole series was well out of the mexico's version i would have to say is he was one of my favorite characters um if we go in favor of characters in, in Narcos Colombia, I loved it, Pablo, and I loved it, La Kika. Um, for Mexico, Amado is one of my favorite characters. Like, he was just so calm and collective and ahead of the game. And they say he was like that in real life, um, that he was just, you know, 
ahead ahead of the game. And then when it see when it ended in season three, it left you wondering like, hell, did he win the game? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, that downfall. Another powerful scene in season two of Mexico is when <clears throat> Maria found out that Miguel had put the hit on Palma's family. And when she went in there and asked him, did he do that? And she pulled that knife out. Oh my God, I felt that scene. Like that, them actors, uh, the guy who played Miguel Felix, he did a hell of a job. He did a hell of a job. Like this whole cast, this whole writing, this whole franchise was just something special. So a season and it led us into season three so beautifully. And it was bittersweet because you didn't want it to end, but you understood why they were ending it. You know, after the nineties, a lot of stuff, you know, you kind of gotta cut it off. So I got why they did it. They did it beautifully. Um they did. I wish they would have emphasized on a little bit more of Chapo, a little bit more of a motto. But, you know, it's only so much you could do in 10 episodes. So I don't want to complain at all. I just want to praise the writers for doing this show. Like I said, it's one of the best shows. Um, <clears throat> it just showed the corruption. It showed that sometimes things aren't as black and, black and white as you see. Because sometimes you just be like, okay, the war on drugs and all of this, but it shows you on how far it goes. So <clears throat> it goes, it goes deep. I can't wait to see what they're gonna do with the Griselda Blanco story. So guys, if I have to choose and say which franchise I which show I think is best, in my opinion, I'm gonna go with Narcos Mexico. Because Narcos Mexico, I enjoyed all 30 episodes, all 30, season one, season two, season three. Um, for Narcos Colombia, I was only in it for the Pablo story. After Pablo's story, I really wasn't interested in going to watch the Cali Cartel one. So uh, I liked it on, I liked it columbia of course i rated a 10 i liked it you know and how they showed the come up the powerful and then it showed the downfall and then even when when you go to narcos mexico i liked it to come up i liked it on how they showed the downfall but it still made you want to know what happened with the rest of the what happened with the rest of the plazas and then that also leads you into everything that goes on into today of to this year you know you wanted to know what happened with the ariano felix family you wanted to know what happened with the model you wanted to know what was happening with the sinaloa cartel with the chapo and then when they introduced el mayo i didn't even know about him i'm like and then when i went and did my research on him i'm like oh my god like <laughs> you know it might, el mayo became one of my favorite characters characters in season three so you know I was just more intrigued and then just the, the story you know the the Kiki Camarena story that makes it even more intriguing and you just want to know more and more and more with um with the Columbia story it's like after Pablo it was like okay you know gotcha left and uh, you know you weren't really doing a lot of research on the Ochoa brothers or you know what happened with Cali you just know that they had a downfall like in 96 97 where they all 
got locked up in uh Pacho, he was murdered in prison. So if I'm going to say which one was the best, I'm going to say um, Mexico. But I'm going to say that the franchise, the show, man, they did this perfect. I don't think it could have been any better. That's just my opinion. Like, I want to praise the show. Like, this is a really good show. Um, I love on how they use the real news footage, on how they showed the real pictures. I don't think no other show has a better opening than Narcos. I don't think no other show has a better opening than Narcos. But yeah, and then I love recapping the documentaries. I still want to do the Pablo documentary and recap that. I've watched many of them, but um, I still want to recap that. All the actors did a fantastic job. All of the, fan- the actors did a fantastic job. Even when you go to um, Narcos Mexico season one, when Rafa was going on his binges with the cocaine and going crazy about to kill his friend, <laughs> you know, he was hallucinating. <clears throat> like, the way how he did that, like, that actor, I don't know his real name, but he killed it. Like, he killed it like you like was like oh my god you know like and they just left you on the edge of your seat wanting more and then when you don't speak um you know Spanish and you can just go watch a show and be all into it and sit there and watch all the subtitles you know it's good you know it's good so this was just a bonus episode I hope I didn't bore you guys I just was talking about my favorite scenes and what I liked about it and my rates um I would have to say each episode each season a 10 I didn't watch the Cali so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rate that because I didn't watch it and I think it'll be unfair for me to be like okay that was a four or three it was boring if I didn't actually give it a chance I watched two episodes and just couldn't get off into it <clears throat> but if if I'm gonna rate it I, I definitely don't want to dismiss Colombia because that was the blueprint for you know bringing the Mexico story oh my god and I loved it the crossovers too that was like one of the best scenes of Narcos Mexico season one when he went to Colombia and then we had already seen the like the downfall of um poison and blackie and then when he when they kidnapped him and said oh, you're gonna meddle <laughs> El Patron wants to see you and then you go back to Pablo's mansion when he was on top and then you're walking through there and you're seeing poison again you're seeing Blackie again and then that conversation that led to the future where Pablo was saying you know gringos they're scared of cocaine but you know marijuana is light it's soft and look at today's world you know marijuana is basically legal and you know half of my people are still locked up in prison but you know hey let's not go there <laughs> um and you know it, it just trips you out when they said a war on drugs you'd be like okay war on drugs <laughs> but um I hope you guys enjoyed this episode I just wanted to come and talk about narcos I'm bittersweet about it ending and I just kind of wanted to conclude and talk about some of my favorite things about the show and scenes and actresses I loved I think all of them did a beautiful job um I think this was a real well put together show. I'm sad that it's ending, but I understand it 
it's why it has to end we'll still talk about narcos on the podcast we will still cover documentaries on the podcast as well so um come back tomorrow because i am doing a special episode for paid and full movie and we will do bmf sunday i will also do big sky if you guys are in the big sky it airs every thursday night on abc so i'll get that recap out as well i hope you guys enjoyed i thank you always for your support It's your girl, Shanice, and I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl, Shanice.